0: what's up you guys sauce lab podcast is back episode two of season two i'm so ready to get into it the nfl season has been picking up just recently personally as a jets fan just want to say zach wilson's first performance or second performance actually let me stop myself looked fantastic And I just cannot wait for the season to start. So today I had a really great episode. Wanted to make this one actually a little bit shorter because I felt like the first episode last time ran a little bit long. Actually, I think I might be like taking bits and pieces of this and I'm going to put it onto TikTok. Hopefully just maybe make some more numbers and just generate some more clicks for myself. But... Today, I'm going to be getting into the top five breakout players at each position for the 2021-2022 season. I cannot wait to get into it. I think that this is a really good list to do just to stamp my name on some players that I feel really confident going into the season. Uh, Everybody on this list, none of them are rookies but there are players that I just feel are in the correct situation. They are young enough and they've shown enough talent and this is the year that you're going to put it all together or something like that that I just feel like these players are poised to have the biggest seasons of their career, if not bigger. So in this, they're all listed, numbers one through five, but the numbers don't particularly matter. I mean, I guess I definitely put the ones who I thought would either break out less or we're just worse players overall, below those all-star type guys, the guys who are likely going to make the Pro Bowl, the guys who just are going to be so much more flashy. So I don't really want the numbers to mean that much. These are just the five guys that I think have the best chance to make their biggest jumps. No rookies are allowed because they can't really break out from nothing. So I left all the rookies out. I think that rookies would honestly dominate each of these lists at each of the positions so i left them out completely because they really have nothing to break out from they've never even stepped foot on an nfl field officially other than preseason but we're gonna get into it with our first category which is the quarterbacks, the most important position in football. These are five guys that I feel like are very young and given the right situation and the right things happening this year could all become really, really good players. So number one, who is actually number one on my list last week of the five fringe, five fantastic quarterbacks is QB Sam Darnold from the Carolina Panthers. I just really like the situation that he's in, the reuniting with Robbie Anderson, having DJ Moore, McCaffrey being such an easy target for receptions. He opens so much of the field because of his running ability. I really like Matt Rule as a coach. We'll be getting to that later for sure. But just everything about Sam Darnold's situation and what we saw in New York from him, in my opinion, is a really competent quarterback that had incompetency around him, and this is going to be his time to show it. I think that it'll be a one year you can tell. Either in one year he'll be amazing, or like really good, or showing that he has the potential, or he's not the guy and he will either become a backup, or cut, or who even knows, like some Josh Rosen type BS. I really hope that does not happen and him being number one, I am very confident that he will do good this season. So Sam Darnold, number one, number two, originally my number one, originally he was on my list from season one of the podcast of my breakout players. He was the number one player that I thought would break out, but I moved him to two just based on what I've been hearing in the training camps and preseason. And that is Joe Burrow, corner quarter, quarterback, sorry, quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals. He last year was a rookie who was lighting it up. I think most pass attempts in five games or he was leading the league or something of that matter really was looking like a fantastic quarterback and then sadly was his season was derailed with an injury I think at around week seven or eight and since then obviously he has not stepped foot on the field. The reason why I put him at two and not one is that I've heard that He is not looking like he's 100% back, but I have put so much on it, and I think that with that receiving core, with the new offense, Joe Mixon, I hope, will have a better season than he has had the last two, three years, and really the offense will just work as a more cohesive unit now, so I still really do feel confident in Joe Burrow and his ability to become a pro bowler this year, maybe even an all-pro, maybe lead the Bengals to the playoffs. I think all three are definitely possible for him. He definitely showed that type of talent but I didn't want to put him number one just because the reports are saying that he's not looking 100%, so I put him at number two. Still very confident in his ability and what he can do this season with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, like I said, Joe Mixon. Honestly, their offensive line could be a lot, a lot worse. I think that you could name five, six, seven, eight offensive lines that are worse in the NFL even though people say, oh, they didn't pay attention to it enough. I like some guys on there, which I'll actually be getting to later when I get to the offensive lineman. But Joe Burrow is my number two. Number three, this one I'm less confident on, but still up here because of what's around him, his potential, all that. It's Daniel Jones from the New York Giants. I am very confident that he will just keep doing passing yards and keep throwing touchdowns. All it is is just, will he be able to get rid of the fumble and interception problem? He's still very young. This season, I think that the Giants are really trying to address their wide receiver woes that they had last year. Sterling Shepard was out, and Darius Slayton really became the one. And now going into the season, they have Sterling Shepard back, Kenny Galladay from the Detroit Lions in free agency, and uh, rookie... Kadarius Tony in the first round, just a lot of good stuff around him that I feel confident that he he's at least the third most projected. I'm not so confident that they're going to be a competent offense, again, especially seeing what's been reported in preseason. People are saying Saquon won't officially be back and fully healthy until week three, four, five, maybe. So that'll definitely hinder his success or his possibility of becoming that breakout guy but out of all the quarterbacks that are not rookies, I feel more confident in him because of what's around him than really anybody else. Number four, I've got Drew Locke from the Denver Broncos, a guy that Uh, I've been saying, you guys heard it in the last podcast, I am a lot higher on him than other people. He has a moxie and, and a quote unquote it factor that I talked about a lot last episode that I think that other quarterbacks don't have. I'm obsessed with everybody on that offense. I think that they have a really solid offensive line. Noah Fant, extremely young, yet to hit his potential. Judy, Sutton, Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler. I love all of them. Both of their, two, their two-headed their 2 monster running back, I think will definitely take the load off of Locke. The real question is, can he just beat out Teddy Bridgewater in training camp? And I think that based on what we've seen in preseason, based on what the reports have been saying, is that Drew Locke will probably get the starting job. And that makes me even more confident that they can go into it. They also have a fantastic defense that is going to really help him secure a lead and not have to do too much. He can definitely be more of a facilitator, doesn't have to keep doing those 50-yard bombs to catch up to the other team because likely he will already have the lead because of their super stout defense. Top three secondary, top five, eight, top something edge rushing core, but Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, that you cannot go wrong with that. Just, I really like the situation around Drew Locke. It's just, can he get it done as himself? And the number five kind of threw in a surprise here, I got Taylor Heineke from the football team. This is a guy that right now is not slated to start. And I know I could have thrown Tua up here. I could have thrown Hertz up here. I could have thrown a lot of different guys that are in that middle category. But I think that if if Fitzpatrick, we have seen Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is currently the starter in Washington football team. We have seen him have his highs. We have seen him have his lows. Personally, I am a big fan of him. And I think that he will do extremely well this season. But we have seen his lows. And if his lows do hit, I could see a way completely, especially after what Taylor Heineke did in the playoffs against the Buccaneers last season. I could see a way where Heineke gets the start. And then with that receiving core, running back core, tight end offensive line, just the whole offense is so, so, so talented. Both of his running backs, you have heard, I've preached them to the wits end. Both of them have such a high receiving upside in Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick, uh, Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, Deami Brown, Logan Thomas, all these guys that'll really just help him succeed so, so, so much. And in his one start, I really like what I saw. You could make a good argument that Heineke put up a better fight against the Buccaneers than any other team in the playoffs. And the other teams that played him in the playoffs were Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and Patrick Mahomes, three of arguably the best quarterbacks of the last five years, so i am confident in saying that taylor heineke if given the correct chance will make the most of his time the next position that i'm going to be listing my breakouts for is the running back and going right off of number five at the quarterback i got antonio gibson from the washington football team the reports out of camp have been raving for this guy last season he was one of my favorite players coming out of the draft i was loving him. A receiver turned running back just sounded so exciting to me. And then what we saw on the field from him was outrageous. I mean, the touchdown, he put up so, so, so many touchdowns. He is such, has such burst. He could run routes like a receiver, was not only catching just like two-yard slant or like I mean two-yard dump-offs he was really running routes like a receiver and I really think I've said this in the second episode and I'm really certain on this I think that the Washington football team might create this first ever positionless football type thing where both of their running backs can line up at receiver both their receivers can line up at running back their tight end is a former quarterback their quarterback Actually has wheels, surprisingly, and they could do all these different trickery stuff that is really just gonna allow the whole offense to expand, the defense to not really know what's going on, and I think that Antonio Gibson is going to be the main beneficiary of everything going on in that offense. I really see him finishing the year as a top five running back. Number two, I've got Damian Harris from the New England Patriots. This one I am also incredibly high on, just based on what I've seen from last year. Uh, If you guys are a fan of PFF, you know that Damian Harris efficiency-wise was a top 5 running back in the league last year. I really think that the only thing holding him back is the Bill Belichick three-headed monster scheme where they will likely also be using Sony Michel and James White, but what I can really see happening is that they start to utilize that, but then they realize just how talented Damian Harris really is, how much of an explosive runner downfield he is, how great he is at breaking tackles and getting yards after first contact and things like that that He will easily be a guy that can get 15 to 20 carries per game. I know Cam Newton will take a lot of goal line looks away, but he does have that breakaway ability where he can still score touchdowns even though he's not getting as many red zone looks, and I'm just really confident in him and what he's going to do this season for the New England Patriots. Number three, I have got Zach Moss from the Buffalo Bills. This is another one. Not too high on it, but there's not many other guys that fall here that I think can fall to become a breakout star not as a rookie and people who haven't already broken out just because it's a very small list like I mean I know you could obviously throw Jonathan Taylor in here like a guy like that but they've basically already broken out Zach Moss really has not and if he really does get this starting role in such a high scoring such so much momentum pushing the ball downfield type offense then he will definitely get his I think that they're not, obviously not a run first team, but the run helps open up the pass so, so, so much. People, they're going to spread the field so much. The defense is going to spread the field in fear of Josh Allen's deep accuracy. And that's just going to open up running lanes for Zach Moss. I know you could argue that Singletary is more of the downfield runner and Zach Moss is the heavy bruiser, but I think that Zach Moss could be this Clyde Edwards, Hilaire-like, small compact but can truck the shit out of you type guy and i also know that in the red zone likely it's either going to be Josh Allen Josh Allen running it or Josh Allen passing it but i think that if they're within the five a run to Zach Moss is not out of the realm of possibilities, and if it really becomes efficient early and often, they could have the receiving trio of Emmanuel Sanders, Stefan Diggs, and Gabriel Davis, oh, and Cole Beasley, how did I forget him, Uh, all four of them helping push the ball down the field, and Zach Moss is the guy who's gonna cap off each drive Ending the season with 10 to 12 touchdowns. I think it's definitely in the realm of possibility. Next guy that I've got is A.J. Dillon. Another guy similar to Zach Moss. A bruiser in a pass-first offense. Actually, Dillon's in an even worse situation because Dillon is the certified two. No way that he starts the season as the one. But it is, again, an opportunity type thing. And I think that if Aaron Jones goes down or the offense just starts to utilize two running backs. I mean, we saw even uh, Jamal Williams was used in that offense, even when Aaron Jones was so good and Jamal Williams still got his, was still a fantastic goal line back. I could see the exact same situation happening for Dylan, where Dylan gets eight to 10 touchdowns on the year just for being that goal line bruiser back who can truck you and get physical down in the trenches. I really like his upside, his quads are bigger than my entire body. And that makes me obviously very excited for what he can do to other professional athletes. And by that, I mean some Derrick Henry type on Josh Norman, sock you and make you call your mama about how upset you are and how you want to quit football type stuff. So next at number five, I've got Chase Edmonds of the Arizona Cardinals. This one I'm probably least confident in. That's why I put it at five, but He is a young guy who is getting the starting role in an offense that should really break out this year. He does have explosive speed, and even though they did sign James Connor to be the red zone back, he was somewhat efficient in the red zone last year. Kenyon Drake was the main beneficiary in the red zone, but in his limited red zone carries, he did do pretty solid. Chase Edmonds did. So I could see a world where Chase Edmonds really just becomes the workhorse back. I know Kyler obviously has the rushing upside, and I think that this year they will be looking to pass first. It's not going to be a run-oriented team, or if it is run-oriented, it's going to be quarterback-designed runs, not running back-designed runs. But Chase Edmonds, with his age, with his speed, and with the starting role in a breakout offense, I can't not put him in this list. Number three that I've got is the wide receivers. Number one, I've got Jerry Judy, wide receiver of the Denver Broncos. Out of Alabama, I was obsessed with this guy. By far, my number one receiver in the class last year. I loved the situation that he got put into because you guys just heard how I feel about Drew Locke. I think that he is really, really good, and he has so much... untapped potential and how I really see this season going, even though I'm also very high on Cortland Sutton, I see Judy and him creating a bond early and often, and he can become a 10 to 12 reception per game type guy, getting around 1,100, 1,200 type receiving yards 10 touchdowns, big body who can really go up in the red zone, arguably a top five route runner in the entire league, just knows how to put defenders on skates, is fantastic when he's getting guarded in man coverage. Really all he needs to clean up is his hands, but even so, with the drop problem, he was still an efficient rookie last year, so just continuing to work off what he did, I really see him having a fantastic season, could really see him in the Pro Bowl this year, I would not be surprised whatsoever. Another guy that I'm probably just as even on is a guy that I have loved maybe for the last five years, and it's surprising that he's still on this list. He's probably been on my list every single year that he's been in the NFL, and I see it. I see these glimpses where I'm like, oh my God, this is finally the year, and then he gets injured. That man is Mike Williams of the Los Angeles Chargers, and this year with Justin Herbert at the helm with corners knowing just how good Keenan Allen finally is and Austin Eckler is at catching. I think that they're going to put more emphasis on Eckler and Keenan, leaving Mike Williams to eat this season. He's one of the best go up and get it receivers. We saw that Hail Mary against the Saints, I think, was one of the best catches that I've ever seen live in my entire life where his helmet got ripped off, jumped maybe higher than a basketball hoop and came down with the ball. Just everything that I've seen from him has been talent out the wazoo. He finally has everything around him. Really all that... All that it comes down to is staying healthy. If he can stay healthy, I don't think that there's a way. Because Justin Herbert, with his numbers last year, with what his numbers are projected to be this year, he can sustain, like, three, four guys. And they just lost Hunter Henry. They don't have an unreal three. I mean, I like Jalen Guyton. I like Tyron Johnson. I like Josh Palmer. Like, I like other guys in that offense, but Mike Williams is going to be the number two. He's going to be the X receiver, and I think that he is going to Eat this season. Number three, I have got T. Higgins from the Cincinnati Bengals, another guy to pair up another wide receiver with the quarterback above type locking. I think Higgins is going to emerge as the wide receiver one on the Bengals by a landslide. Reminds me a lot, actually, of like Andre Johnson, that big body PPR god. I mean, I know I say not fantasy, but PPR, like he's just gonna eat with receptions. I know Boyd's in the slot, and I think Boyd might honestly lead the team in receptions, but I think that what Higgins is able to do after the catch, how much of an explosive threat he is down the field, and Joe Burrow, if he can really open it up that way, Higgins is really going to do fantastic this season. I am very high on him. Even with the competition at receiver, he will emerge as the one early and often and show himself for sure. Number four, I've got Darnell Mooney. This is the guy that. Bengal YouTube, if you guys are a fan of him, hopefully you guys are, you should follow him. Probably one of my favorite YouTubers that is currently making content is so, so high on him. Actually, almost every guy on this list, Bengal is high on as well, just because he's a very smart guy. And I think that we think in very similar ways when talking about the NFL, but Mooney, what he was able to do last year with Dog, Duru, with Dookie at quarterback And show that he really is such an amazing route runner. Has fantastic hands. Uh, He actually gave birth to a son named Jalen Ramsey just recently. No, I'm kidding. But if you guys are on Twitter or Instagram, you have probably seen that meme that people call Jalen Ramsey his son just because of his route running ability when he faced up against Ramsey and Ramsey actually is talking back saying that he's not all that. I think that this is going to be a vengeance tour, especially if they get Justin Fields, a guy that is just a more efficient passer than Foles, Trubisky, Dalton, any of the other Bears possible quarterbacks. What we've seen out of Fields that I think that he'll start by like week four to eight type range. And then by then it's going to be blast off for him. Corners. The number one corner is going to be on Allen Robinson, clearly, just because he's the best guy on the field, and that's going to leave Darnell Mooney to eat from wherever he is. I think that he might honestly even get some slot reps, which I think would be fantastic. I know I think that the Bears honestly will be a run first or run oriented team, but what he's able to do in that offense, I'm very excited. And then fifth. I've got Rashard Higgins, Uh, this guy multiple people don't have on their list, but I think in the Cincinnati, or Cincinnati, in the Cleveland system, Cleveland Browns, uh, now that OBJ is back. It's going to be harder for him to get the looks, but towards the end of the season, he was so efficient. He made such a good rapport with Baker Mayfield as Baker was breaking out. uh, So was Higgins. Higgins was really doing well for himself, and I think that Jarvis Landry is getting old, and there's a possibility that Higgins could become the second receiving option on this team. I also don't love Austin Hooper. Don't love David Njoku anymore. I like Harrison Bryant. Or is it Hunter Bryan or Harrison Bryan? I know both were rookie white tight ends coming out of last year. I mess up their names consistently. I like him on the Browns, but I think that Higgins could easily emerge as the number two over Jarvis Landry this season and really get his. Next position that I'm going to do is the tight ends. Number one, I have got Adam Troutman of the New Orleans Saints, and this guy is probably my my guy for the year the guy that I'm feeling most confident in out of any position for his breakout. I just cannot wait to see this dude break out and just be an amazing guy. I think going into last year's draft, honestly, I was debating making him my number one tight end in the entire draft. Ended up slipping to, I think, the third or fourth round. Saints picked him up, which I loved because last year they had Jared Cook, who I knew was on his way out. Michael Thomas has been dealing with so many injuries and they really don't have a two. So now, now that Michael Thomas is going to be missing some time, Traquan Smith is nothing special. Marquez Calloway, I've heard rave reviews out of camp, but nothing particularly like, oh my God, he's going to be so incredible. And it really does seem like in a Sean Payton offense, an offense that has rarely ever failed, no matter who's at the helm, whether it's, I mean, Drew Brees has been at the helm for so long, but even when Taysom Hill stepped in, he was doing well. When. Winston stepped in, he was doing well. Even when Teddy Bridgewater was there a couple years ago, he looked like he was good. I just always feel like the Saints have a comp- competent offense. They've always utilized their tight end very underratedly. And now he's probably the number one option on the team as long as Michael Thomas is out, which just means the sky is the limit. I think that he is going to honestly. Unless Michael Thomas comes back and just is unreal, he'll probably lead the team in receptions, yards, and touchdowns, is my big prediction. I think that he is going to be so fantastic, prove that he is a top five tight end in the entire NFL, and just go crazy this year. I'm very excited for him, what he's going to be able to do, and just what is opening up for him, just based on how much I did love him, and now just things are just working so much in his favor. It's looking like he's really going to be incredible this year. Number two, I've got Irv Smith Jr., another guy that I was very, very high on coming out of college, had an older tight end starting right in front of him, older tight end goes to another team, and boom, this is his time to break out. It's just the difference between him and Troutman is that he is definitely the fourth option. Irv Smith. So that might help him in some cases, might hurt him in others. I know Thielen is a really big red zone threat. Jefferson is clearly going to be the number one receiver, but they're also a run first team. So it's going to be much harder for Irv Smith to get his, at least compared to Troutman but it'll also help open it up because the corners and the linebackers are going to be looking so much more at other things on the field and irv smith is going to be wide open i think that he is going to eat in the red zone this year going to get around like eight touchdowns really prove himself to be a top 12 top 10 tight end and one of the biggest things that i said is last year who ended up in the top 12 tight ends, but so many guys that we just were not expecting. Robert Tanyan, Logan Thomas, Dallas Goddard, guys that going into the year we were just not high on and then ended up finishing so, so high. I think that Troutman, Irv Smith, and then my third guy are all three going to do the exact same thing. It's just that they were a lot more highly touted out of college versus those guys. But that's Troutman, Irv Smith, and then my third guy is Cole Komet from the Bears. Only first-round tight end from last year. Uh, This is the exact same situation as Darnell Mooney. I think that the number one target is clearly Allen Robinson. It's going to get the corners attention. It's going to be who they game plan against, and that is going to leave Cole Komet, a young guy who flashed a lot of potential last year with a brand new quarterback who's more accurate than anybody else that has been in the building. I just feel really confident in what he can do. I really see all three becoming top 15 tight ends, showing that they're really capable. I know that it's hard in in tight ends early years to show how good they are. It usually happens closer to around 25 to 28 instead of 22 to 25. But still, I am very confident in these guys' skills. I think that they all have fantastic opportunity. And those three especially are going to do really good. Number four, still pretty confident in, less than the first three, but it's Anthony Ferkser from the Tennessee Titans. This is an offense that has so many lost yards, and I personally think will take a small step back. Even though they added Julio Jones, A.J. Brown will likely take a big step. I think that Derrick Henry will have nowhere near 2,000 rushing yards. I think that he's going to be more of like 1,100, 1,200, or just still unreal. He'll probably still get Pro Bowl, but... It's just going to be more pass-heavy offense. Tannehill is going to take another jump, and it can't be only the two main guys that are getting all the receptions. The third wide receiver is... Is Josh Reynolds, who isn't anything too special. I mean, he's still young, and he could still break out to something even bigger. But I see Ferkser as a number three option. We've seen last year they used two tight end sets so 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 many times with Johnny Smith and Anthony are Ferkser was showing out in his small time. I, I remember especially in the playoffs, he had a couple games with a lot of receptions, and I just think that he can be a vertical threat that is going to help out the Titans' offense so so much. And then number five, I've got Dawson Knox from the Buffalo Bills, another guy in a pass-happy offense, very, very young, a guy that just, he could easily become a really good red zone threat for Josh Allen. Obviously, Stephon Diggs is still there eating up all the receptions. But if there's, like, I think that it's just as possible that Knox is the two- as it is for Cole Beasley, as it is for Gabriel Davis, as it is for Emmanuel Sanders. I know that that might be a hot take, but Sanders is very old. Beasley's old. Beasley has really been a cut candidate. And Gabriel Davis, though, I like what I've seen. I mean, he was still very low on the depth chart. And Knox is the clear number one tight end. They actually let Tyler Croft go, making him clearly the guy. I think that he could definitely take another step up. This year. The next group that I've got is the offensive line. I've actually got two different sections. One is the offensive tackles. And this one I'm just gonna have a lot less to say just because it's so much harder to grade and like predict for offensive linemen, but I still got five for o- offensive tackles and five interior offensive linemen with the tackles. Number one, I've got Jonah Williams from the Bengals, a guy that I think is going to step up seriously, still has not yet gotten a full season in the NFL, was a very, very high draft pick by the Cincinnati Bengals, I think two or three years ago, has still never lived up to his potential, obviously, because he hasn't been healthy enough to do it. But now with Joe Burrow, who has a very, very quick release, I think that he's not going to let up too many sacks. Finally, it's his time to show it. And he will definitely do so. Number two, Colton Miller from the Raiders. After the Raiders just depleted their offensive line, he was really the last guy left. I mean, Richie Incognito ended up coming back after getting cut. But Colton Miller not only was the only one, but he got a bag for an extension this offseason. And they're going to need him to fulfill that bag, do exactly what he's told. And I think that he's going to do that. I mean, I think it's very similar to DJ Humphreys, a guy who got signed to a very big contract at left tackle at a young age and ends up blowing up the year that he got paid, which is what DJ Humphreys just did this last year. I think Colton Miller is going to do the exact same thing. Those two are definitely the ones that I am most confident in. And then three, four, five, I'm just going to group together. All very young guys that didn't really show that they were too good last year, but guys that I think will definitely take big jumps this coming year. And that is Titus Howard of the Houston Texans, Austin Jackson of the Miami Dolphins, and Matt Pert of the New York Giants. All three of these offensive lines, in my opinion, are bottom five. And it is really up to these guys to do the breaking out. Obviously, there's other guys that I could have put on this list including Makai Becton, Andrew Thomas, uh, guys of that caliber, but I think that they've already really shown themselves. These are guys that I think are going from could have the possibility of being benched to being a really solid tackle and a bookend guy that could just let the quarterback have a lot of time in the pocket. I'm confident in all three, especially Pert, actually, of the Giants, who I should probably move up to three instead of five but all three of them I think have the tools and what is necessary obviously pert has Saquon Barkley running behind him so I think he's going to not only need to step up as a pass protector for Daniel Jones but also as a run defender for to make the outside cuts for Saquon so much easier Uh, Jackson of the Dolphins. Really, the Dolphins entire offensive line is so young, so it might not even be him that does the breaking out, but still probably most confident in him out of the whole line. And then Titus Howard. Other side, they've got Laramie Tunsil. So I think that if they could really have Titus Howard have this breakout year, that's going to really make them get some really solidified tackles for the next while. Then the next section that I've got is the interior offensive lineman, And this one, I've got number one, Kevin Dotson of the Steelers. This guy, for his starts that he's gotten, he's been incredibly efficient, a, P-P- a PFF god, a guy that has really shown in the efficiency category that he can really get it done. And now that David DeCastro's out, uh, Mike Pouncey's obviously gone, Aljadro Villanueva, all these guys on the Steelers offensive line are starting to dissip- dissipate. Finally, Kevin Dotson's gonna have his time to break out and be a really, really good starting guard in the league. Number two, I've got Natane Moti or Muti. From the Broncos, just another young guy that I've seen being really, really good. When he's got Dalton Reisner there, I think he's technically the other starting guard. I really like just the entire Broncos offense. I like Garrett Bowles this season, obviously. Um, I said that they have a really great two-headed running back backfield, so I think that Muti is going to be a huge part of that success, and he's really just going to take a big jump this year. Next guy that I've got is Ethan Posich or Poc. Pa- Pocic Pocic, on the Seattle Seahawks, the center, uh, just in in a place where you really do need to step up. I think the Seahawks did what they needed to do this season to improve the offensive line, and Pocic is still starting. So he's very young, still has a lot of room to improve. And you know Russell Wilson, if he's going to cook, he needs the offensive line to be tip-top shape. So Pocic, I think, is in line to get that breakout next guy that I've got is Ezra Cleveland another guy out of the draft last year that I really really loved on the Minnesota Vikings and I think that his job is going to be pretty easy I mean the Minnesota Vikings actually didn't have a fantastic offensive line last year but when you've got such a talented running back in Dalvin Cook and a quarterback who if the play is designed perfectly Kirk Cousins is accurate and will get the ball to two Uh, One of the best dynamic duo receivers in the entire league, making Ezra Cleveland's job very easy. He was a little bit of a turnstile last year, but I think that he could definitely uh, get it together and be a lot better. And then this one, probably the best guy on the list already, but I think that he's just going to take the smallest incremental jump just because he's already a pretty solid guard. And that's Cesar Ruiz from the Saints. Another guy, I think it was either last year's draft or the draft before, very high on him. Uh, Saints offensive line is always tip-top shape. They've got so many guys that just are developed so fantastically. Ryan Ramchek, Teron Armstead, just so many guys that have broken out. And Cesar Ruiz is the next guy on that list that I think is going to eventually become a Pro Bowl tackle. I mean, Pro Bowl guard for sure. The next position group that I have is the interior defensive linemen. These are guys with their hands on the ground, hands in the dirt, that are going to be either uh, pass rushers from the inside, or they're just going to be run stuffers. So at number one, I've got a guy that a lot of people say has already broken out, but I think will really prove himself to be one of the tops at the position this year. And no bias, I really just do feel like this dude is going to take off this year, and that is Quinnen Williams of the New York Jets. In the new Robert Sala system, he sends the pressure well, based on what I've seen out of San Francisco, he really knows how to utilize these guys. He has so much athleticism and just what I saw out of him last year. Not to mention, there are so many other guys on that line. Jonathan Franklin Myers, Fatu kassi Sheldon Rankins, and just other guys that'll really send pressure to the quarterback from the line. I mean, I know that it's definitely going to hurt his value and being that Carl Lawson, the big free agency signing for the New York Jets, is actually now out and injured for the entire season. I think that that edge pressure would have really helped and Williams' case, but I really do think that Joe Douglas will probably bring in another edge rusher, maybe a Chandler Jones, maybe a Derek Barnett. Somebody like that to fill in that role and really just help Quinn and Williams not get double teamed every play. I think that that was such a big problem last year. So if he cannot get double teamed, even with the double teams, he was really still so successful. I would argue a top eight defensive tackle or like interior edge, interior rusher in the entire NFL. He's up there, he's getting to the quarterback, and I'm very excited to see what he's able to do this season. Number two on the list, I've got Puna Ford from the Seattle Seahawks, another guy that's already been pretty good. He's still extremely young, I think he's only 25. Uh, climbing the rankings the Seattle defense will probably take a step back this year even they're not that good but Puna Ford is definitely one of the bright spots he just continues to get better one of the PFF standouts had a top five rushing grade from where he was and I think that even though they don't have much edge rushers or much pressure coming around from the outside I think that he in the middle will really Stuff the run and prove to be a top 10 defensive tackle in the league. And then next, I've got Draymond Jones, who's going to be playing defensive end for the Denver Broncos. With Bradley Chubb and Von Miller and that super stout defense, Shelby Harris is there who I think is one of the most underrated players in the NFL just in total. I really am confident that Draymond Jones really could take that next leap and just not only get to the passer, but I think just excel as a run stuffer and just containing the inside. I think that with the defensive position, it really helps so much when you have good guys around you that are allowing you to make stops and allowing you to excel so much more. So I think Draymond Jones will really benefit from that fantastic Broncos defense. He's also extremely young, just drafted two years ago, and I see him really breaking out. And the last two, not much around them, but just young guys that I think are really well coached on the defensive side, very young, have a lot of potential. And that is Justin Matabuike from the Baltimore Ravens and Justin Jones of the Chargers, both Justin, I didn't even realize that. Both guys that I think very young. Ravens, they always get the most out of their defensive linemen. We've seen it. Brandon Williams, Michael Pierce, guys like that that they just do really fantastic with. And Justin Jones on the Chargers. I mean, I think that that Chargers defense is really going to take a big leap. Kenneth Murray will take a big leap. Obviously, they have uh, Joey Bosa right next to him. I don't know if Jones will actually be getting the starting role. But now that they got rid of Melvin Ingram, and he's not really somebody that they need to look at. I think that Jones will definitely take a big step up in this coming season. The next position group that I have is the edge rushers. I've got at number one, this guy I really think at the end of the season will be an all pro, will be a household name, will be a name that is getting Paid like no other, some guy that I'm really, really, really high on, and that is Brian Burns of the Carolina Panthers. You guys heard how high I am on the Panthers defense, and I think that he is the leader of this entire defense. Just what I've seen from him, he's so fantastic. His bend being able to get around the edge, so forceful in attacking the quarterback. I think that his sack numbers are going to be off the charts. I think that he's going to be around 15, 16 sacks, and I would not be surprised whatsoever. I honestly think that they have a very underrated secondary with Dante Jackson, Jeremy Chin, guys like that. Their linebacking core, I'm still very high on. I think that he's just going to benefit. Matt Rule, I really do think, will also be taking a big step up as a coach on the defensive side. So I'm really excited to see what Brian Burns does this year. I'm very confident in his skills and where he is. He is that guy on that defense. to so and williams already is coveted as a very good player but will only surpass that this season. Number 2, I've got Alex Highsmith of the Steeler of the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is a guy that I was a lot higher on at the like towards the Super Bowl like at the very end of last season compared to now just because they got Melvin Ingram as a pass rusher. But what I've seen the Steelers can do with their pass rushers is unreal. They always get the most out of their guys. We've seen it with Bud Dupree. Obviously, TJ Watt in the running for defensive player of the year last year. So fantastic. Cameron Hayward's still there. Stephon Tewitt's still there. Just guys that are really going to get to the quarterback and somebody's going to benefit off of it and really take a big jump. I know that Melvin Ingram has been looking pretty good in preseason and training camps, but I would not be surprised whatsoever if Highsmith gets the starting other edge roll and him and TJ Watt are the ones going after the quarterback. I would be not surprised if he has around a 10 sack season and really proves himself to be a very very good edge rusher in this league. I really liked what I saw out of college with him. Knows how to hit at outside. He's obviously going to be a stand-up guy as probably the right outside linebacker. I'm very excited to see what Alex Highsmith does this year. Number 3, I've got Josh Sweat from the Philadelphia Eagles. This is a There's nobody there, and I really think that he's going to be the one to take the step up. Fletcher Cox is regressing. Brandon Graham is regressing. I know that they signed Ryan Kerrigan, but also regressing, regressing, regressing. Not many guys to be that guy, and Josh Sweat... Still very young, showed a lot of potential last year, and I think could take a big step up this year. Not into the Pro Bowl category, but I think will really prove himself to be that guy. And Derek Barnett, also, I forgot to say him, he's on the trade block, looks like he might be going. Really, they have no edge presence, and he's going to be the guy to take that step up. They've always shown that they can produce pretty solid edges. Josh Sweat, though he hasn't broken out yet, I think that this year could be his year. Number four, I've got Carl Granderson from the New Orleans Saints, a name that I bet you not many of you guys have heard. Technically, he is behind—he a backup right now behind Marcus Davenport to be the other side rusher for Cameron Jordan. Obviously, Cameron Jordan's still anchoring that defensive unit, but I think that Marcus Davenport does not have that job secured, and Carl Granderson is a PFF god. He Played fantastic in the limited snaps that he played last year. Still very young, and I think could take a very, very, very big role, just a big jump if the opportunity presents itself where Marcus Davenport isn't getting it done in the pass rush side. I think that Granderson could step in as a starter and really take off. And number five, I've got Bryce Huff from the New York Jets. This is a guy that last week I did not have on this list, but I had to update it now that Carl Lawson is gone. If, they do not, if the Jets do not go out and get another edge rusher, Huff most likely will be the one. And Robert Sala knows how to get the most out of his edge rushers. Like I just said with the Quinn and Williams take, uh, there's going to be somebody that's getting after the quarterback. They are always trying to push in the trenches on the defensive front. And I think that Huff might really benefit from that. He was an undrafted free agent last year, but I've loved what I've seen out of camp. He's been getting some really rave reviews, and I'm very excited if he becomes that main pass rusher, still so young, and I think he could be a really good guy in this, this season. For linebackers, number one, I don't even know if you would consider him a linebacker. He really plays every single role, but a guy that really broke out towards the end of the season last year when they really figured out how to use him, and that's Isaiah Simmons from the Arizona Cardinals. Last season, it seems like at the beginning of the year, they really didn't know how to utilize him, but as the year caught on, he really started to get a hold of that defense, and I think that he could honestly be the anchor that they're looking for. I really like everybody that's around him. I know Buda Baker is also kind of that fly-around safety type guy. Isaiah Simmons, I think, is going to be that fly-around safety type guy, but in the mid part of the field, not the top. Buda Baker obviously knows how to get to the quarterback and really good at tackling, but Isaiah Simmons is just a more athletic version of what that could be. I mean, I don't love him as a pass rusher, Isaiah Simmons. I don't love him as a pass rusher, but I think he could play the slot. I think he could play a weak side linebacker, strong side linebacker. He could line up at safety. He could line up really anywhere on the field. So I don't know if it's really fair to put him just at linebacker. But as of right now, that's his position. And he will be anchoring a team with Chandler Jones, J.J. Watt, Byron Murphy. Just a lot of really talented guys on that side. So I see him taking a big step as well. Next guy I've got is Patrick Queen of the Ravens. First round rookie last year, really liked what I saw out of him. I think that he needs to be better in pass coverage. He was really good at tackling and stuffing the run. I think that if he steps up in pass coverage, he could also really become that anchor of the defense. I mean, I know that their corners are probably what they're known for on that Ravens defense, but if he starts to really man up the middle, I like LJ Fort around him. I mean, obviously, they lost Matt Judon to the Patriots in free agency this year. So I think that their edge rushers might take a step down. But Patrick Queen manning the middle of the field, if he could step up in pass coverage, I think that he could become one of the elite linebackers in the NFL for sure. Uh, Number three, I've got Jerome Baker of the Miami Dolphins, a team that wildly exceeded expectations on defense last year. I like Andrew Van Ginkle. Honestly, there's not that many people on the Dolphins defense besides their corners that I'm so high on. So, I think that that is just going to leave room for Jerome Baker to take that next step. He was unbelievably quick, really great in pass coverage. I think that if you just clean up his skills, him and... Uh, they don't have Raquan McMillan anymore. I'm trying to think of who else. Uh, they obviously have... Pass rusher Jalen Phillips, who they got also in the first round this year of the NFL draft, a guy that I think is going to really be a big edge presence for them. So, just on a really well coached defensive team, really young guy, really fast. That's exactly what you need in today's NFL. I can see him taking a very big jump as well. Next is Michael Walker, or Michael Walker. I'm not too sure how to pronounce that. He's on the Atlanta Falcons, another coverage linebacker guy to add into the mix of Foyasad Oluwakon, or Aluakon and Dion Jones. By the way, sorry that I keep messing up these pronunciations. I'm not for sure on how to pronounce these names, but I know that they're going to be a very, very, very underrated linebacking core. Uh, He was another PFF god just in his time that he was on the field. He really made the most out of his snaps. Still extremely young, drafted only two years ago, and I see him taking a very big jump as well. And then last but not least, I have Cole Holcomb of the football team. I know that Jamin Davis is really coming in and was drafted this year to take his position, but he did take a big step last year, and with this defense, there is nobody that is going to be bad. I think that Everybody is going to benefit off of each other. They have the number one front seven in the NFL, in my opinion, a top five secondary in the NFL, and a very underrated linebacking core. So I just see everybody benefiting from it. going to give them a lot of opportunity to get picks to really beat, to man the middle. Jamin Davis might be the forefront linebacker of that team now, but that was the thing that they needed. And if they have two young guys that can really take big steps up, I think Holcomb will be solidify himself as a really solid mid-linebacker in this league. The next position group that I've got is the corners. Number one, I am extremely high on this guy, and it's Legereus Sneed from the Kansas City Chiefs. He is probably going to be the cornerback one, so he's going to be playing on The wide receiver one, whoever they're playing, but it's a team that puts up so many offensive numbers. So I think teams are going to be passing teams are going to be throwing his way and he knows he has an eye, a knack to getting to the ball is so, so, so quick is a god at making interceptions and just pass coverage in general. Still, I think he was drafted either last year or the year before. But what I've seen out of him from talent, what I know the Chiefs defense can do with Chris Jones in the inside, Tyron Mathenew also back there in the secondary with him defending passes, I'm really excited for what LeJarius Sneed does this year. And I think that he could definitely be a Pro Bowl candidate. Uh, The next guy that I've got is a guy that I am extremely high on. I just mentioned him earlier with the Brian Burns pick, and that's Dante Jackson. Still extremely young, and I'd still argue both one and two are so, so, so speedy. Dante Jackson actually, I think, set some records for speed at the cornerback position. I love what he's able to do, and if Brian Burns can really get at the quarterback and disrupt the throws, that is going to lead to Dante Jackson interceptions. I think after James Bradbury left, he really stepped into that number one role and will excel at it this year. He has a lot of good guys around him. I'm very excited for what Dante Jackson is able to do with that new and improved defense. Number three, I've got Sean Murphy Bunting from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Their cornerback group is one that I am obsessed with. Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean... And Sean Murphy Bunting, all three, I think, take big steps this year. I chose Bunting in specific because I think that he is technically the worst of the three right now, but I think that by the end of the season, all three will be regarded on the same level, all as like near Pro Bowl talent. Uh, In Sean Murphy Bunting in the playoffs last year, I think, had three total interceptions throughout the games. Like, I know he had one against the Packers, one early on in the playoffs. I'm just really excited to see what he's able to do. Obviously, that, that front seven of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is just nasty with JPP, Shaq Barrett, Vita Vea, uh, and, and Sue, just all those guys causing all this disruption and pressure, leading to the secondary really stepping up and covering some of their mistakes and helping them just get to the football and get the picks that are needed or even just batting it down. Number four, Cameron Dansler of the Minnesota Vikings. This is a situation unlike the first couple where I think that they're going to be a pretty bad defense. I'm actually not high on the Minnesota Vikings this year whatsoever. But I think that he is going to really take a very big step and prove to be maybe even the number one corner on the team. I know that they got Patrick Peterson in the off season, but he is old. He is regressing very, very quickly. I know that he was originally on my list of people that could really break out and be better than they have been over the last couple of years. But Danzler is still very young and towards the end of the season really showed up in times that it was necessary. And I could see Danzler taking another big step and really proving to be the number one corner on that team. And then the fifth guy that I've got is A.J. Terrell of the Atlanta Falcons, another guy that I think is going to step into the number one role, a guy that looked very, very good at the end of last season, and I could really see making a Pro Bowl push this year. The Falcons don't have that good of a defense, so that's another guy that he's just going to need to step up in a place where there's not many others. I think that their other corners are Kendall Sheffield and Isaiah Oliver, no one that is taking any eyes, actually guys that have gotten burnt pretty consistently. And Terrell at the end of last season really showed that he could have been that number one guy. So I think that he continues to progress and work off of what he did last year. He's only 23, still has a lot of potential and room to grow. If he really solidifies his pass coverage and just man-to-man coverage against that number one guy on the team, I think that he could really be taking a very big jump this year. The next position group that I have got is the safeties at number one, a guy that I have been high on all off season that I loved watching last year, a guy that I think was gypped out of the all-rookie team, a guy that really excelled on an amazing defense, similar to Cole Holcomb. I've got Cameron Curl. I actually realized that I was saying Carmen Curl in the first episode where I talked about how much I loved him. It's actually Cameron Curl, a guy that another PFF god, rookie last year, really showed himself, showed that he could take off. It's going to be difficult for him to get a lot of reps, being that they signed Eric Rowe. They Or no, it was Bobby McCain. Sorry, other Dolphins, former safety. They signed Bobby McCain, they have Landon Collins coming back from his injury, but Curl will, based on what he did last year, he will definitely get his play time, and is another thing just excelling off of an unreal defense that is really just going to help him elevate his play so much. I could really see a Pro Bowl season out of him this year as well. Number two, I've got Jordan Fuller from the LA Rams, a guy that's going to be filling into the John Johnson role, a guy that has excelled, that John Johnson really came out of nowhere, Uh, The Rams defense really does have a knack for making people come out of complete nowhere. Darius Williams, Sebastian Joseph Day, they revamped Leonard Floyd. It's really just Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald know how to excel other players around them. And I think that that is the exact same case for Jordan Fuller. I think that he is a fantastic deep zone safety type guy. He can definitely step up into the box and make tackles. And I really like what I've seen out of him from potential. He still is very, very young and has a lot of room to grow. I'm excited. Him and Taylor Rapp, both guys that I think either one of them could take a jump or both. Uh, The next guy that I've got is Xavier McKinney from the New York Giants, another team that really overachieved on defense last year, but it clearly shows that they are very well coached on the defensive side. They have a fantastic cornerback group with Adoree Jackson and James Bradbury. Uh, They technically already have some safeties in there with Logan Ryan, with Love. uh, I'm forgetting his first name. But regardless, McKinney was a guy that was drafted in the second round last year. I think could have definitely been a first round type guy. He was very young, or he still is very young, still was showing a lot of potential on that side last year, and I think could really take the big step this year. Uh, Number four, I've got Darnell Savage of the Green Bay Packers, one of the most underrated secondary players in the NFL. He is so good. I think he's hard hitting, so strong. The Packers always get the most out of their safeties too. I mean, I chose a lot of guys where consistently year after year, the coaching staff and the organization always has these guys excel. I feel like the Packers' safeties are really never bad. And with Adrian Amos, Uh, Micah Hyde's obviously not there. hasn't been there in forever. Savage, I think, is really going to take a big jump this year. Jair Alexander, obviously at corner, really going to help him. I don't know who's really going to fill that second corner. He's not really a coverage guy. He's more of a hybrid safety type role. Uh, Can definitely run or rush the passer as a safety. Can fill in the box, make the tackle, things like that. I'm really excited to see what Savage does this year. He is definitely a savage. And number five, I've got Deshaun Elliott of the Baltimore Ravens. He is another guy that I am very, very confident in, very young. Uh, him and Chuck Clark, both of them, both safeties, very young. Going to benefit a lot from Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey in that secondary. Uh, both extremely talented, and I see him taking a very big jump as well. Next position group, this one's kind of a joke, but also not really. I mean, I wanted to put them on because it is a position group, and that's the kickers and punters. Number one, I've got Matt Gay of the LA Rams. The Rams are just going to be putting up points every single drive. I think they're going to be really good at getting into the red zone. I think that Stafford has always been decent at completing in the red zone, but not fantastic. So I see a lot of field goal opportunities and just a lot of scoring for him. So I think Matt Gay will probably end the year as a top three kicker for sure. Uh, Jack Fox, the punter for the Detroit Lions. He's very young, was drafted last year and the Lions, you know, they are going to be punting a lot. So I just see him really taking another step. Uh, Number three, I got Rodrigo Blankenship, one of the biggest Twitter memes of the NFL universe. I'm a big fan. I had him in almost all of my fantasy teams last year, and he really showed up, even just as a rookie. He's going to take another step. I don't know. I'm not too confident in the Colts' offense just continuing to score like that, but I am confident that they might get to the red zone and not score. That's going to be a lot of field goal opportunities for him. Uh, Number four, I've got Braden Mann, punter for the New York Jets. Another drafted last year, and you know the Jets are going to be punting a lot. I mean, I'd like to hope that Zach Wilson can really take hold of this offense, but if I know the Jets, I know one thing, and that's that they're going to be punting a lot. So I see Braden Mann taking a big step as well. And then lastly, Michael Badgley uh, of the LA Chargers, just another explosive offense. They're going to be putting up points left and right, and Bagley is going to be there to receive the credit for it on the extra points and things like that. And then lastly, another one that is still technically a position, I need to add it, the coach. So these are same same rules apply, no rookie coaches. And if they've already broken out, quote unquote, then I'm not going to put them up here. So these are really the guys that have not yet proven themselves. And these are the top five that I think can prove themselves this, this year as coaches, Number one, I've got Matt Rule of the Carolina Panthers. I love their offense, love their defense. I think Sam Darnold's going to take a big jump. Love their receiving core, obviously McCaffrey. I've, I've talked all about it. Their defense, Brian Burns, Dante Jackson, two guys that I literally just had on this list. I'm really confident in what the Panthers can do. Number two, Cliff Kingsbury. I've been weary of his play calls in the past, but still very young. He was touted as an g- offensive genius coming when he was signed to the Cardinals, and now their offensive firepower, they he has no excuses if he cannot get it done and if the Cardinals don't make the playoffs this year I think he's out the door but based on that roster I think that they do I think that they make some serious noise I think Kyler is in the MVP conversation at the end of the year and Cliff Kingsbury could be in contention for coach of the year number three Zach Taylor this is a lot riding on Joe Burrow's injury if Joe Burrow really comes out there and starts slinging it and Zach Taylor makes the most of his snaps and really allows him to thrive in that offense they They could have a really scary offense with Burrow, Mixon, Chase, Boyd, and Higgins. Just, I'm really excited to see what they do if everybody stays healthy, and I think that Taylor will be the main beneficiary of the credit and things like that if they really do take off like that. And then number four and five are two guys that overperformed and are young from this past season, but I still think could take another big jump if everything goes right for them, and that's Brian Flores and the Miami Dolphins and Joe Judge of the New York Giants. Flores, I'm not too high on the Dolphins, but we saw he made the most out of every single player on that team, and he could definitely definitely do it again. Very aggressive and hard coach that I would want to take into battlefield for sure. And then Joe Judge, I mean, we saw in training camp, making his guys run suicides. He needs everybody to be on the same page. And I think that if he gets his guys locked in, Daniel Jones has the breakout that all Giants fans are waiting for and their offense works, their defense. We know that they're going to shine pretty well with that cornerback group, with Leonard Williams, with guys like that. I could see Judge being in the contention for coach of the year if the Giants wildly overperform this year as well. So, that is it for my breakout players. I'm definitely going to be returning to this list at the end of the season, hopefully claiming that all of my guys are correct. Uh, I would like to add one thing, though. I recorded this podcast over the span of two days. My first day, I was dead set on every single one of these guys that I named. And today, I just heard word that Adam Troutman has been injured in his preseason game, sadly. He injured his foot against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And though I'm obviously going to keep him on this list, I'm not going to replace him with anybody. But with that injury, either he's going to miss some time and then he really can't be that breakout guy that I was hoping... Or he's going to play and have this lingering issue that is going to probably make him a lot less productive than he would have been if he was going into the season fully healthy as that number one. If he misses a uh, ample amount of time and then comes back next year, he might not have the same opportunity where Michael Thomas is hurt and they don't have the receivers around him because I think that over this offseason, that's going to be the Saints' number one priority is getting offensive weapons for Jameis and Taysom. So maybe next year I can just completely scratch Troutman off my list. But I'm still confident that if he is fully healthy, he could return to that form that I literally just named and so that he could break out as a Pro Bowl tight end. I have him in literally every single one of my fantasy leagues, so I really am hoping that he still has the breakout season that I'm expecting. But right now, I'm just praying for the best. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope that you guys enjoyed. If you guys know any breakouts that you think, feel free to comment it. Feel free to text me and tell me. Reach out to the Sauce Lab podcast. Like I said, follow the TikTok, follow the Instagram. I think I might be making a YouTube soon. And I've heard the reactions in my first episode where I said that I might want to make this a basketball and rap oriented podcast as well. I, I've gotten some really good reviews about that. So I think that there's a good chance that that might be the route that I end up going. It would be starting soon. I leave to Syracuse on Friday. I'm very excited for the semester to start, but the podcast is gonna keep rolling, keep on going. I'm so excited. Thank you guys so much for listening. Have a fantastic day, a fantastic week, a fantastic semester, and peace.